Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, Battle Ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day and welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences, whereby he is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, good morning, Mom. Good morning. Good morning. Before we begin, there's a few people who've asked for prayers. One of our listeners, uh, Lori, her daughter Monica is in labor, and she asked us to pray for a healthy delivery. And also, if you've ever been with me to Medjugorje, you know uh, there's a place I stay over there, the Hotel Cesaritska, and the the uh, woman who runs it, its name is Ivana. She just gave birth to a baby who is uh, tiny, just two uh, pounds, four ounces, and she also is asking for prayers for her little baby whose name is, uh, what is it? I forget. It was a uh, Mirko Joseph, which I think is Mark Joseph, but I'm not sure. Anyway, keep all these moms and babies in your prayers. So, what did you want to talk about today? Well, um, I'm going to pick up after your two talks on the Holy Spirit a week and a half ago. Uh And continue. I have a few more things to say about the Holy Spirit. It's a very large topic. It's funny to say. But um, as I was getting ready to talk about the Holy Spirit, I came across, let's start with our our lady's message from Medjugorje, which was last January 25th. Very unusual. Uh, it says, dear children, may this time be a time of prayer. That's it. Uh, very short, very to the point. Uh, she usually ends it with, thank you for having responded to my call. The fact that she didn't just makes me think that um, times are rather urgent. And she it is just to the point. Prayer is what we need. That's what she needs. And you know, anywhere we can squeeze extra prayer into our days. If you say a rosary every day, maybe try and do two uh, to help Our Lady. Because when you help Our Lady, it's in the end going to help us. Any thoughts on that yourself, Father? I mean, who knows? I, uh, it's different for sure, but I don't know what it means, to be honest. I don't know what's inside her head. Uh, but when you look at the world, it's pretty desperate. The headlines are all a bit crazy. Um, you know, if you do look at the headlines in the news, uh, we just had, uh, some of our U S troops shot down by enemy drones, which normally when our servicemen are attacked by an enemy, that means we're going to war. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the heads of our government are calling for striking Iran. There's warnings of nuclear bombs. So the, yeah, the world is a mess for sure. Uh, so if you're not praying, what are you waiting for? <laughs> like, what will it take to get you to start praying? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't even know that they should turn to prayer. They Maybe haven't not. been taught that as, you know, growing up. They haven't been taught it and they don't know it. 
Yeah, but they're probably not listening to this program. No, probably not. So that's the problem. How do you reach these people? Yeah. Well, prayer. It really is supposed to be through, you know, the faithful Catholics come to Mass and then they're uh, set ablaze to go out into the marketplace, into the workplace, and bring the gospel into the marketplace. But I feel like that's not happening. And partly because the government's made it so difficult. You can't even say the name Jesus in a mar- in your office or you could be you could be fired. So we have brought this on ourselves and now we're uh, reaping what we've sown. But there's a way out. Yeah, but there it'll is. be painful. Yeah. So uh, and, and thinking about the Holy Spirit as I was preparing for this, um, I, I read about recently um, cognitive warfare and the, the site I um, read it from and the person I read it from is a very trustworthy site. And have you heard about cognitive warfare? No. Well, cognitive warfare is different than psychological warfare. And it it targets our subconscious. It goes right below our consciousness, right into our subconscious. And apparently this is a very big thing out there right now. NATO defines cognitive warfare as an attack that targets the minds of civilians, meaning non-combatants. So it's like the regular people, not the soldiers. So there's a war against us as well. It's not just against the soldiers. NATO believes this is a violation of the law of armed conflict, but that it is being done anyway. So psychological warfare targets the consciousness of a person, a conscious mind. Cognitive warfare is the subconscious. So cognitive warfare mainly uses social media to target individuals. Cognitive uh, attacks bypass the conscious mind and go directly to the subconscious without the person knowing. So many people use social media many hours a day. Our computers know what we read, what we buy, where we buy it, what articles we find interesting. And many times we read a few lines of an article because our time is limited and there's so much information out there. I do it myself. I'll I'll see a headline, I'll read a sentence or two, get the gist of it, and move on. And uh, it's a dangerous way to do things because you don't always get the correct gist. Yeah. And, but, uh, so cognitive warfare is no longer science fiction. It's being done today, and everybody is a potential target. Uh, the goal is to change our perception of reality and to affect our decision-making. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound too bad. But apparently people think it's very bad. Um, articles that are untrue are sent to us, and they do change our perception of the truth. And I'm thinking of the, the war between Ukraine and Russia, uh, and the same with Israel and uh, Hamas. We thought we knew who the good people were, and then it looked like the other people might be the good people. And you go back and forth because there's the opposing sides. Same with politics. You hear one side, and then you hear the other, and you think this one's true, then you think maybe that one's true. You really don't know. So uh, there's more need for the Holy Spirit today than ever uh, because we need the truth. Yeah, and the word. And the, and the word. If it's you're reading good. the Bible every day, that's where you're getting your truth, and that'll be your defense against the lies. And you'll yes. just spot them. You'll spot them easily. And, if and you're I praying, see this all the time when people are just – 
believing these ridiculous ideas. And I'm, I'm like, how could they think this is reality? It's not reality. You know, even the whole gender thing, like people are really buying into that. And it's, it's crazy. And especially if you're praying, you're going to see the truth. You're going to spot a lie right away. If you're in a sinful state and you need to be going to confession, you're more apt to believe the lies. Uh, so, it, you know, this is, it's again, all the things Our Lady is asking of us in Medjugorje, the five stones. If we keep ourselves on the holy path, everything will be clearer. We are living in a time of darkness and we do need the Holy Spirit to be leading us. So without the Holy Spirit, we just see the material world and not the spiritual world. And we really have to figure out how to keep our faith growing in times like this. So how do we actually get the Holy Spirit? Well, at baptism, that's the first place we get it. We first received the Holy Spirit back then, if it was an infant or even later on. Uh, at confirmation, we get a strengthening of the Holy Spirit in us. We get, uh, you know, more of a, a bigger dose. Um, we can ask Jesus every day to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Eucharistic confession. Again, the graces are flowing. And um, so just at baptism, our parents and our godparents stood in for us. And we became members of the body of Christ. We were sealed with the indelible mark of baptism. At confirmation, we stand up for ourselves and make a personal commitment to grow in the practice of the faith. And confirmation also imprints a spiritual mark on the soul. We take a new name at confirmation, indicating our new life in Christ. We, um, one of my grandchildren is making his confirmation in the spring. I'm looking forward to that. So um, Jesus gave us the church to help us along our way here, and he knew we would need it. So if we remember back, the apostles were afraid. They locked themselves in. And I think we can say we too are afraid and anxious about many things. Pope John Paul II was always telling us not to be afraid. We see society crumbling around us and we're fearful for our children and for their future. Well, what did Jesus tell the apostles? He said, wait for the Holy Spirit, wait. Don't run, don't make plans of your own, just wait. And I think that's a good, good advice for us today too. Wait for the Holy Spirit and ask for it to wait for it, not to run, not to make plans of our own. Um, the apostles went to Mary to wait, uh, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, that's a good thing for us to do too, to go to Mary. Uh, so the Holy Spirit will make them strong. He'll make us strong too. We're not strong on our own, not against this kind of evil. And Father, you of all people, being an exorcist, you see the kind of evil that, that we're up against. I do, but as I tell people all the time, you know, <clears throat> and especially yesterday's reading was focused on uh, exorcism. Today's reading is the Gerasene demoniac. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of these stories of Jesus delivering people from these demons. But, you know, you don't go to hell for being possessed. You should be more afraid of sin than of possession. You know, the thing that got you possessed might put you in hell if you don't confess it, but being possessed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hell because you lost control of your body. You're not in control of what's happening, so you, therefore you're not accountable. But when they operate under their normal 
uh, ordinary ways of functioning, the demon's number one way of trapping people is through temptation. So when you give into that and you sin, that is the real threat. That's what people need to be scared about. And particularly if you haven't been to confession in a long time, if it's been, you know, over a year, uh, you you need to go to confession and you're probably lacking graces that you would otherwise receive because you, there's a blockage due to the sins that are amassing and the demons that have attached to you and are now influencing influencing you in negative ways. So you have to go to confession. Can't can't say it enough, you know. And there's still people out there when you talked about baptism. Um, I, I know of adults that are not yet baptized. And I'm I'm wondering why are you waiting? What are you doing? This 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 is the answer to getting to heaven, and yet people are putting it off. Why why would you do that? Because why they don't do understand. That? Well, they, they somebody needs to tell them. Someone well, needs to tell them. That's the problem. They, they don't know. So many people don't know. When you are born into this world, you are born into the clutches of Satan. The little cute babies that you all ooh and ah over in the clutches of Satan until they're baptized. Then they become a child of God. And then until they commit a mortal sin, they're always in God's uh, embrace. And then when we commit a mortal, mortal meaning deadly, we go back under the, the thumb of the devil and we're now destined for hell if we die in that state. That's the simple truth, you know, And but people think of it like baptism is just a nice little day to put on the white dress and have a party, but it's really, it's everything. And, and it was purchased by Jesus's blood. So if you have, you know, and you know, I somebody, among, you have to tell somebody who's not been baptized to contact a priest and set it up, begin the training. And somebody, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. I blessed somebody's home. You know, what happens if somebody uh, wants to get baptized in the Catholic church? Well, right now you'd have to wait for uh, probably June to enter into RCIA because now we're so close to Easter you're not going to make it for this year. But if you are enrolled in RCIA, which means you have a desire to be baptized and you're struck dead by whatever, heart attack, bus hits you, uh, you have the baptism of desire because you already took steps to get baptized. And so the baptism, the effects of the baptism would still take place in that person and they would, they would be received to heaven. So even just enrolling in RCAA is a very big protection on somebody. You know, when uh, when I was growing up, when I was a girl, and I would be at Mass all the time, and I always heard the gospel, and so many times it was about demons confessing people. And I just was wondering about that. And as I was growing up, I was thinking, isn't it funny that we don't have any demons today? I wonder what happened to them all <laughs> in my naive naive nature. I, I figured there weren't any because we didn't talk about it anymore. But, uh, you know, they, they are throughout the Gospels. Uh, well, so. yeah, now we we see them in everyday life, too. Yeah. People um, are noticing. I mean, I just had a, a mother call me and said, you know, her daughter uh, was started screaming at her. And she said her face changed and her eyes got black. And she said, there's something, it's not her. So when people start seeing that, they're recognizing there's a problem. And and that's probably a good thing. You have to recognize the problem before you can fix it. Yeah. But don't wait too long. Well, so, you know, uh, going to the Holy Spirit um, and and 
waiting for him and asking him, when you have a problem going to him. Uh, my first instinct when I have a problem, and always has been, is to try and solve it on my own. And sometimes the last thing I think to do is to go to the Holy Spirit. I hate to say that, but habits kick in very, very easily. And I've, I've learned through the years that often my efforts will do very little to change things. And I could give you a number of examples of, of you know, mark, remarkable things that have happened when I go to the Holy Spirit. Um, I, there's the, the story where Dad and I always sat outside and had a cup of tea in the nice weather. And this particular night, I got the chairs ready. He was getting the tea ready. He comes, I'm sure you've heard this one. Mm-hmm. Comes out the door with the tea, and he and I said, all of a sudden, I got this Holy Spirit prompt. It said, "Go check the boys. The children were all sleeping." And uh, I just said to him, "I don't want tea tonight." And he said, "Well, why didn't you tell me before I made it?" I said, "Well, I didn't know it then. I don't want it now." And I just went upstairs to check the boys, which was the the prompting that I got. And I walked past your bed without even looking at you because I knew it wasn't you. I went over to Jimmy's bed and he was laying on his back and his mouth was open. And I just started walking out of the room and prompting came again and said, go back and check him again. And I went back and turned on the light this time. And I saw he had a Lego in his mouth ready to go down his throat. And um, I turned him over, whacked him on the back and the Lego came out. He was about three years old at the time. And I had a box of Legos next to the bed. Legos are the little plastic building mm-hmm. blocks. And uh, I asked him in the morning why, what was going on. And he said, oh, I didn't brush my teeth like you told me to do before I went to bed. So I was making believe I was doing it with the Lego. I must have fallen asleep. So there was that Holy Spirit prompting. So uh, when, you get, when you start talking to the Holy Spirit and asking him to help you with different things, um, get used to those promptings and listen to them when they come. They're subtle. You know, they're, they're very subtle. But once you become aware of them, you, you grow more accustomed to noticing them and answering them. Um, so uh, this uh, that's a little thing I have here. I've had this paper for years. I don't know where I got it. There's no, um, there's no author on it, but it's called Bicycling with Jesus. And so the point of this is to let the Holy Spirit take over, get out of the driver's seat and surrender to him, listen to him and get to know his voice. So I'm just going to read it because it's so, so good. Bicycling with Jesus. I used to see God as my observer or my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like the president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I didn't really know him. But later on, when I recognized God, it seemed as though life was rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike. And I noticed that Jesus was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. Life with Jesus, that is. He makes life exciting. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts, mountains, and through rocky places, and at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer, and I started to learn to trust. 
I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me their gifts to take on my journey, our journey, God's and mine. And we were off again. He said, give the gifts away, they're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did to the people we met. And I found that in giving I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it, but he knows bike secrets, knows how to make it bend to take sharp corners, jump to clear high rocks, fly to short and scary passages. And I'm learning to be quiet and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful constant companion, Jesus. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, Pedal. So that's just a perfect example of what it's like once you turn yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Um, we become the person God created us to be. Uh, you know, God wants to walk and talk with us each and every day, just as he did with Adam and Eve. That's the way it was supposed to be before they sinned. Can you imagine if we could talk to Jesus, like take a walk with him around four o'clock every day and run everything by him and get answers to things we need? Well, we can. He wants to tell us when to stay, when to go, just like he did with the Israelites in the desert. I'm always amazed at that, that they were clearly told when to stop and when to go. But don't you don't you sometimes wish that we could just uh, just just have him in person? We do. We we can. We just have to get used to the to hearing him. Yeah, go to adoration. He's there. He's there every day. Um. So um, he taught us to talk to the Father, and um, in spite of all the difficulties we face today, if we keep our focus on Him, He will be there for us when we need Him. Uh, Our Lady in Medjugorje speaks about the Holy Spirit. She's been with us so long, she's covered a lot of topics. So this one is May 25th, 1993. Dear children, today I invite you to open yourselves to God by means of prayer so the Holy Spirit may begin to work miracles in you and through you. I'm with you and I intercede before God for each one of you because, dear children, each one of you is important in my plan of salvation. I invite you to be carriers of good and peace. God can give you peace only if you convert and pray. Therefore, my dear little children, pray, 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 and do that which the Holy Spirit inspires you. Thank you for having responded to my call. So there you have it. Yeah, she's she's spoken a lot about the Holy Spirit over the years. Uh, one of them was when you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything. Yes. Um, I believe that to be true. Yeah, because he's he's he proceeds from the Father and the Son, so he's he's coming from both. Um, so a couple of things: we are about two and a half months out from our Radio Maria Medjugorje pilgrimage with Anne Vusick, who is a wonderful guide, um, and on the ground our guide Yvonne, who's actually in America right now. And uh, there's only, I think, six seats left. So if you're thinking about going, it would be a good thing to contact Radio Maria today, and they will give you the contact 
information for the pilgrimage, which is with Tecton, T-E-K-T-O-N, Ministries. So again, what's the date of that trip, Father? April 9th, 2024. So it's after Easter. Uh, it's 10 days. Uh, and again, we've every I've been on 17 of these or so, and they're all life changing. In every one of them, it's been a little, it's always different, but it's always life changing. And it's always wonderful to see the people who've been there, never been there for the, and they come for the first time and to see the profound experiences that they have. So ask the Holy Spirit if he wants yes. you to go. And if he wants you to go, he's going to make it happen. So, And uh, Blessed Mother makes a wonderful tour guide. If she wants you to go, she yeah. opens doors. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she uh, she give, she lets you know that and it's her will that you to come. Uh, <laughs> yes, every trip has been like that for me. Yeah. So uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience. Uh, this is, once you go there, you have no desire to go anywhere else. Yeah, it's kind of true. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today, Mother, and may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.